0: Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Linnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle.
1: This episode is brought to you by Our Visual Brain. Our Visual Brain is a perceptual and academic skill-building platform doctors and patients use together. We have been utilizing this web-based platform during both our in-office and teletherapy sessions and have seen great engagement and progress in our patients from their activities. The website is comprised of 50 plus game series with well over 200 activities that are made with direct input from both vision therapists and doctors. They cover basic to advanced skill levels and have innovative anti-suppression and MFBF activities. Their ability to support diverse learning styles for all ages makes working on perceptual and academic skills fun and engaging for patients. OVB packs a ton of value into their packages because they want you to help as many patients as you can. Sign up for the most popular option, the Clinic Plus account, which provides unlimited use of their entire library, and they will throw in 25 free annual home programs. Visit their website at www.ourvisualbrain.com to learn more. Hi, guys.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of
1: Vision is More Than
0: 2020. We, for our weekly insight, are just going to kind of wrap up our series of the sports vision enhancement. And we hope that you have learned so much over the course of the series. I know myself and Dr. LaCousey have as well because it's not our strongest suit, but we are really excited to really implement all the things that we've learned into our practice. We do have one last guest that's going to be coming on at the beginning of May. He is the Green Bay Packers Scout. The only thing is that he had to wait until after the draft to come on. So he's going to pop in in May, uh, but we are officially going to be done with our sports vision series. And we're going to be kicking off an ocular health series to really talk about different diseases of the eye and how it affects your vision and what sort of things you can do to improve your vision um, from a functional standpoint. If you have any of these diseases,
1: so we're really excited to kick off our new ocular health series. I think we're gonna have a lot of Dr. Z and Dr. L episodes, but we're also gonna be joined by a lot of our colleagues and friends to help us discuss all things ocular disease and eye health. So we're really excited about this new series, although we are sad to say goodbye to our sports vision series. Like Dr. Z said, sports vision wasn't really in our real house prior to this, but I think that in prepping for the podcast episodes together and talking with our guests, we have really gained a lot of knowledge. and. Um, really could see it fitting into our practice model so definitely something that we're going to be continuing our learning on so we hope you all have enjoyed it also today we are being joined by coach daniel pitcher who is in his ninth season in the nfl he previously played as quarterback at suny Cortland. he then became the assistant coach for Cortland state coach pitcher has also worked with the indianapolis colts as both their scouting assistant and then pro scout currently he is a coach for the Bengals, where he was quickly promoted to the position of quarterback coach Welcome to the podcast, Dan. We are so excited to have you join us this morning. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks. And uh, just tell us a little bit about what your job is specifically, and what it means to be a quarterback coach.
2: Yeah, so uh, I am the quarterback coach for the Cincinnati Bengals um, in the National Football League. I've been in this exact role for uh, just over a year now. Um, I've been in the NFL in various roles and for almost a decade uh, since twenty twelve. Um, and so it's really my job to work directly with the quarterbacks on our roster, uh, usually between three and four guys, uh, throughout the, the whole season and the off season and make sure they're prepared to do their job to the best of their ability. And that requires all sorts of different things. It's a, it's a very difficult, uh, position to play and, and obviously very hard to get to the professional sports level in general, no matter what sport you're playing, what position you're playing and, and quarterback in the NFL is uh, particularly difficult.
0: Right now tell us how do you get to be the quarterback coach like what does that journey look like how do you get to that position?
2: Yeah well you uh, you get fortunate along the way Uh, you meet really good people um, and hopefully those people are uh, in a position to to help you Um, and then when you have an opportunity you have to take advantage of it and and just keep doing that down the line and Hopefully you do a good job with whatever uh, you've been given for the league as a scouting assistant. Uh, I knew this is what the position that I wanted to ascend to a coordinator and a head coach, but, you know, just kind of along the way, whatever job you're given, whatever job you're 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 fortunate enough to find yourself in, just do a great job with it and and hopefully people are impressed and they'll just start to give you more and more opportunity.
1: And I think that's a really good sentiment that you really just, you know, do the best job that you can do. And I think that really shines through and it gets you on that path of the career that you want. And you can really, make the career that you want if you have that goal in mind and just, you know, do your best throughout the whole process. So let's talk a little bit about what your approach is to training your quarterbacks. Um, just kind of like your mindset when you're training them and then what your typical program looks
2: like. Yeah, it, it kind of varies depending on the time of year. Um, for instance, right now we're really not allowed to have much contact with them. Um, they're in the off season and they're there's an agreement between the players' union and the league that they have a certain amount of time in the off season that is their own time, and you know, so we can contact them in a friendly manner and just kind of stay in touch. But we, so we're really not doing much, um, you know, training with them right now. They're off, kind of training on their own. Um, and then when they get back, uh, you know, in a couple, in a month here, or so uh, if everything goes as scheduled, we'll start to kind of start meeting with them. So we basically combine classroom work with on field work. And kind of build a progression towards uh, training camp and then design training camp so that we're kind of uh, putting in the offense and installing more responsibilities for them building up to the first game. Um, And then during the season, the job really entails watching the, the prior game, correcting anything they may have done wrong. How do we build on these mistakes? How do we make sure we don't make them again? This is what we did well. How do we keep doing those things well? And then through the week, each day is kind of designated to a different area of the game plan, getting them ready for the game we're going to play the next Sunday. Um, And so there's, like I said, classroom on the field, film work, Um, it kind of encompasses a lot of different things.
0: Right. So we've been talking to lots of different professionals and it's like their players are scheduled from Monday to Friday, you know, all day, every day, their time is accounted for. Um, And when it comes to their training, and this is sort of where our two worlds collide, right? People are probably like, you have the quarterback coach and two eye doctors on this podcast, like how does that connect? But we wanted to bridge that gap because the quarterback position is, like you said, is so demanding and it's the hardest position on the field because it requires so many different skills, not just athletic skill. Talk to us a little bit about your approach to some of their visual skills or what do you think is the the most important visual skills that the quarterbacks have to have to be successful?
2: Uh, I mean, their, their vision is everything. Um, and it's trained from a very early age, playing the position uh, to where you start to uh, gather information sometimes it's peripherally, sometimes it's, you know, the direct object, object of where they're looking, but everything about the position is judging spacing, um, leverage of defenders, where they are. Is he inside? Is he outside? Is he exactly head up? How, how far away from my receiver is the defender? How fast is he traveling? Um, and so those are things that uh, they they train every day in practice, and then they train it again when we watch it on tape. Um, and there are things that they have to. It has to become an automatic response for them to where they know. I it's my job to to teach them and make sure their eyes are in the right place, and then it's the the result of repetition after repetition after repetition where. They can judge, okay, this guy is 10 yards down the field. That other guy is 15 yards down the field. They're running in the same direction. I have to throw the ball over the first guy, under the next guy, to my guy who's running at a certain speed. And all of this happens like that. And so it's that, that it's it's being able to take in all that visual information and act on it in an instant. Uh, and that's really what the position is all about. Like you said, there's all the physical skills, but there's a lot of guys that are physically gifted that – can't see and process all those things quick enough to be NFL players.
1: We call in our realm that that technique like speed and span of recognition, um, which is really the ability to take in all that visual information that's coming at you, where everyone is, where the ball is, where you are in space, be able to process it very quickly and then form a reaction from it. And I think when a lot of people about sports they really think about the athletic performance involved but really the eyes have to lead the body the body doesn't know how to react properly and make judgments you know without that visual information coming into play so the faster that you can process that information and the more accurate that it is you can make more accurate play decisions and execute them also which is really really key when it comes to a quarterback.
0: Now, uh, Dan, do you, how do you train that for your quarterbacks? Like how, what is your setup like? I'm sure it's a little different than how we would do it. Um, how do you kind of recreate that for your players?
2: Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that you try really hard to do in a practice setting. Um, and it's there's, but there's really no substitute for the the game speed repetition of all those different factors that we talked about moving so quickly. Um, so you do your best in drills and practice to kind of give them those different visual stimuli that, uh, you know, okay, you put three or four, a couple of managers, sometimes I'm out there catching balls or you use another player and you try to just move them around to reconfigure these patterns of people that are going to occur in the game. And so you're training their eyes to recognize these voids, these the space that is going to exist, and it may not exist when I'm getting ready to throw the ball, but because I can judge how fast these people are moving, I know that once the ball leaves my hand, and when it gets to that point, that void will have opened, and so it's just kind of trying to show them those things on video, um, which which is good intuitively for them to learn it, but then they have to see it through their own eye. Like the game isn't played. That's one of the things coaches get in trouble with is we think we watch it on tape and we, and you know, and you watch it from the sideline or you're up in the booth and you're watching and you think, Oh, how did he not make that This, You know, it was easy throw it to that guy. It was, well, the game's not played from the booth and it's not played from the film room. It's played through the eyes of the guy with the ball in his hands with a bunch of guys trying to tackle him, you know, and hit him really hard. So he has all those things to to try to factor in. And so we try our best in our drill work to give them those similar visual, uh, you know, stimuli that he's gonna get in the game, but it's hard. You know, that's why those repetitions for those guys in games are so, so valuable.
1: Right, it's hard to set up in a training scenario exactly what will happen in the game because it's somewhat unpredictable, right? Um, And it's hard to set up that exact environment for them. Now, uh, let me ask you this, when you're working with your players, is something like a baseline eye exam on your radar? Is it something that your quarterbacks are required to go through? Or is that something that as you're working with them and if you're seeing any visual deficits, you know, when you're training them or re-watching their plays, is there any big things that tip you off to say, hey, maybe you should go get an eye exam?
2: So, you know, when they enter the league, you know, they go through extensive medical testing and of, of which uh, a standard eye exam is part of that. Um, you know, and then they do, they have physicals at different points, you know, and, and entry physical before we start the season and exit physical after the season, all, all of which are points where, you know, any issues could potentially be identified um, with their vision there. You know, uh, it's interesting, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot at the quarterback spot necessarily that would tell you that a, there might be some issue with a, with a player's vision, but there are other positions on the field where that's the case, particularly receiver, um, guys that have to track and catch the ball. You know, if you're noticing that a particular receiver has a really difficult time, maybe looking over one shoulder versus the other, you know, and, he, and you know, he's a gift, you know, he has good hands, you know, he can catch the ball, but it just look time and time again, on, you know, a ball coming in at this certain trajectory at this pace, he's just, he can't catch it. Now you might think to yourself, maybe there's something going on with his eyesight. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's a focus thing. Maybe it's a, you know, his dominant eye, you know, he's just better looking over one shoulder than the other. So that's an example where something like that might come into play. Where you know, hey, let's uh, refer him. You know, let's have the trainer check him out, and maybe he'll go. You know, go see a you know, an eye specialist. Right
0: now, as a player yourself at the quarterback position, did you ever really think about your eyes and these visual skills? Um, I'm sure you look at it at a much different lens now that you're coaching. Um, but did you like as a player? What was your approach to become a successful quarterback?
2: You know, I never really, I never did really think of it. I wish I had. Um, you know, like I said, it's one of those things that kind of just happens from the time you're five years old and you're in the backyard and you're hitting a baseball, you're catching a football, you're developing these hand-eye, this hand-eye coordination and you're, you know, and you, when you play, I played the position from a very early age. And so you, you start to just kind of accumulate the things we've talked about, um, you know, but I never specifically trained it. Um, you know, I know there are, there are, There are ways to do it now. I mean, there's, there's like different virtual reality tools that guys use to try to replicate those game reps that we're talking about that, you know, for your eyes, uh, you know, you're not doing it physically with your body, but you're seeing it happen with your eyes. That's something I never, never really had the opportunity to do. Never did think I probably would have liked it if I, if I had that uh, chance. But, you know, for me, it was more about training training, making sure my body was in really good shape and making sure mentally I knew what to do. And then the vision part of it just kind of came with the experience, I think. But in hindsight, you know, it probably would have you know, been beneficial to maybe focus on that a little bit and maybe try to train that specifically um, more than just kind of letting it happen naturally.
1: Great. Hindsight is twenty twenty. 20 I think with the advent of technology I think that's a really big piece of that visual component coming in and there really is so much increased awareness out there now of how important visual skills are to each sport and you know sports vision training is really gaining a lot of traction because we have these big technology pieces available that really I think help the athlete connect to the other skills that they're working on and I think it really helps complement you know their training process naturally. So to any um, aspiring football players out there or you know football players listening what what are your biggest like two or three tips that for them to work on to help improve their game and their sports performance from your perspective as a trainer
2: you know I think you know there's a lot of things and a, and a lot of you know advice I would give would be tailored specifically to the individual but aside from you know anything specific to the vision we're talking about it just if you if you, if you really care about something and it's and and it's what you what you want You have to devote yourself to it. It has to be very high on your priorities um, in your life. You know, it can't be a sometimes thing. It's an all the time thing. Um, And so there's, you know, once you get to especially I mean, you get to the highest level like this, it's it's virtually impossible to get there to begin with. Um, And then to stay there is even harder uh, because there's always people trying to take their jobs. Um, you know, so from, from very early on, whether it be, you know, youth sports, high school, um, if it's important to you, you have to, you have to make it a priority. And, and so that would be, you know, probably the biggest, you know, advice I could give, um, is, is make it, you know, make it, make it a big part of your life. Um, then, and the discipline you'll develop from that, uh, will help you when you're done playing. It's helped me. I know that, you know, is my, my, my playing ability only took me so far, but I wouldn't be here where I am without that ex- playing experience. And so, my, I, st- I wasn't good enough to keep to play professionally. But my playing ability and the skills I developed, and the, you know, the work ethic, the leadership, all those things that came with that, absolutely have got me to where I am right now. Um, and so, it'll it'll continue to pay dividends after you're done playing, um, if that's how you approach it.
0: I really love that sentiment because and I think you've kind of touched upon this since the start of the interview that working hard and being dedicated and being consistent is really the key to success in anything. And it doesn't matter if you're on the field or off the field, that's really what's going to carry you through. And we really love that sentiment. One last question before, what are you most excited for, for this season with your players?
2: I mean, it's every season kind of brings something New, um, you know, we I'm fortunate, um, you know, we have a, an unbelievably talented player in my room um, who, you know, unfortunately, you know, lost the second half of the season last year due to injury. Um, and so for me, I'm just I'm really excited for, for him, for, for Joe to, to get back on the field because uh, I know how hard he's worked and know how hard he's working right now to rehab. Um, so that'll be, you know, I'll take a lot of, of, of pride and joy in seeing him be able to go back out there and do what he loves to do. Um, so that's probably number one. And then just, you know, having a chance every year, you know, the faces change a lot in terms of the players and the dynamics of the team change. And you just have a, it's, it's a new chance. It's a new slate um, to go, you know, win, win games and get to the playoffs, and uh, which are our goals here in Cincinnati. So, um, you know, it's that's why you do this. You know, it's you have to kind of be a little bit of a crazy person in terms of your uh, competition you know, and, and how you're wired to, to want to do this. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I am that, and I'm excited for the the chance to go, uh, compete again.
1: Well, we wish you a lot of luck in the, in the next season and we'll be rooting for you from home and, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you and follow you.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, uh, incognito when it comes to the, uh, social media scene. I'm, I'm not really, uh, You know, I don't, I don't, I think I have a Twitter account. I don't think I've ever tweeted. Uh, I I get my, my news from that. I don't have Instagram. Um, So you can uh, watch the bangles. You might see me on the sideline Uh, cheer for us. And uh, it's been, it's been great spending some time with you guys.
1: Wonderful, Dan. Thank you so, so much. Thanks for listening. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020, and follow us on Instagram. For additional content, check out our practice, Twin Forks Optometry, on both Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.